Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. I know it's a little warm in here. The air conditioner is on. I see all those fans going. So I just want to let you know we're doing all we can to cool it down in here. So if you can do what you can, breathe less, we'd appreciate it. I want to start off by just remembering and acknowledging tomorrow is Memorial Day. Do we have any veterans here or those who are still serving in the military? Would you stand up? I want to give you recognition and honor you. Thank you very much. The freedoms we enjoy, we recognize that it's from you and those like you who give and have dedicated their lives to serving our country in this way, and we appreciate it. And so I I don't want that to go unacknowledged here. We do thank you for your service and that time that you've spent. And we do want to remember those who are still serving, keep them up in prayer as well, those friends, family that we have. Um, Wasn't Justin great last week? It was amazing. It was great. I loved a couple of things he said. I loved what he talked about, about intolerance, tolerance, and acceptance. What a great way to look at those things. And then imagine a circle of compassion and imagine no one outside of that circle. It was beautiful and great. And so I'm so glad that he came and shared those things. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. We are going to be continuing in our series through Genesis, so you can open up to Genesis chapter 25. There is an announcement that I want to make that isn't in our flyer, and I'm not sure when our next card or flyer or bulletin's coming out. We're making some changes, but it should be out soon. But on Father's Day, we are having a car show here at uh, the school. We're going to utilize that whole parking lot. I think there's 54 spaces, and we're going to have classic cars. We're going to have, I guess, European cars, and then we're going to have some motorcycles too. So on that day, you're going to have to park in this parking lot or along the street because we're going to use this for the car show. And what's going to happen is after our gathering, not during our gathering, You still have to come in here and listen to me, okay? But after our gathering, we're going to have the car show. We're going to have tacos available, maybe some other things. Oh, oh, okay. I'm not into cars, but I'm into tacos. Um, And and so we want to have that time, and it's going to only last till 1 o'clock. And so we're going to end here at about 11, try and make it a a quick service, and then we're going to have the car show from like 11.15 or so to 1 o'clock, and it'll be done. So I want to let you know about that so you can invite some friends. We thought it would be a great thing to do for Father's Day. A lot of dads are into cars. A lot of people are too. So anyway, that's going to be happening just to give you a little heads up. Okay. Well, we are continuing in Genesis, and we're in chapter 25. And there was a certain portion of this passage that really stood out to me that I wanted to share. And it's going to be brief, but it's going to be verses 19. And so let's start in verse 19 and read through verse 23. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Amorian, from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, 
and Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies, plural, jostled each other within her and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. Pray with me. Father, as we look at these words, may we hear from you. May we understand what you are saying to us and may we allow this time to engulf our hearts and minds with an awareness of your presence. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you are going through or have been going through a time of great difficulty? And maybe it's not because you're pregnant with twins, but you would cry out, to God, what is happening to me? Or why is this happening to me? Has anyone ever cried, God, why is this happening to me? Okay. A few of you are liars, but most of you are telling the truth. Okay. I think all of us at some point can understand and relate to this kind of, God, why is this happening to me? And it's such a strange account that we have here. Because... seems as if it was just a natural event. Do you ever notice that in the scripture? It's like, well, Isaac prayed for his wife to, because she was barren, and then she becomes pregnant, and then she says, what's happening with me? And then God answers her. As, it's as if she walked to God's door, knocked on it, and he was a doctor's visit. Hey, God, what's going on here? Oh, let me tell you what's going on. And it just kind of happens. And you read those things, and you just kind of go, oh, yeah, it happens. But you ever wonder, like, why does it just happen? Why does it seem so normal? Why does it seem so natural? Why does it tell this story and narrate this story in such a, a way where the supernatural seems so normal? And it just happens. And to understand what is going on here, okay, as we're progressing, now Abraham has, has gone. He's, he's left. He's died. And Isaac is continuing. So the story takes place with him. And a wife not having a child is a big deal. Your family ends if she cannot bear a child. And we talked about that whole incident with Abraham and Sarah and then Hagar, the handmaiden. And so Isaac prays and he prays, God, you know, help her to have a child. And then she's pregnant with twins. So like God really heard. And then she is there, Rebecca is there. Remember, there is no hospital. There are no ultrasounds. And I'm told, I haven't experienced this, you can talk to my wife about it, but when you're pregnant with twins, everything is double. Okay? The <laughs> Sandra, thank you. We got a few of you in here. Um, you know, the morning sickness, double. The weight gain, double. I remember going to the doctors and visiting the doctor, and the doctor said, huh, let's see why you're getting big so quick, which is something every woman wants to hear, right? 
And so they schedule an ultrasound and we go into the ultrasound and, you know, they put the jelly on her belly and they're doing that little thing. And the doctor's sitting there and she's going, okay, oh, there's, there's one. All right. Okay. And oh, look at there. There's another one. I'm like, another one. Oh. And then she went on and freaked us out and say, let's see if there are any more on there. I was like, no, <laughs> stop looking. Stop looking. Don't find any more. And we were so excited because ignorance is bliss. And we didn't know at that time what was going to befall us. But there is just this change that takes place. And her body is just screaming at her as they're jostling each other inside. And so she wants to know what on earth is going on. And so very interesting verse It says, so she went to inquire of the Lord. Now, in verse 21, it says that Isaac prayed to the Lord. And praying to the Lord is a petition. It's asking of God. But inquiring of the Lord is hearing from God. It's letting God speak to you. And I wonder, it says, so she went. Where did she go? What does this look like? I want to inquire from the Lord and I want to hear from God, don't you? Why don't I like this? In the previous chapter, in chapter 24, verse 63, we see that Isaac also went out to the field one evening and it says to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. This is when he saw Rebekah coming to him. And we see that Isaac also went out, but he went out to meditate. And that word meditate, it's kind of difficult to translate and understand, but we understand what the word meditate means. It's to think deeply on, focus one's mind for a period of time in silence. Now, unfortunately, in Christendom, the word meditate has had bad connotations. You think of meditate, well, you need to meditate. It's like, oh, no, that's Eastern mysticism. You're going to be seeing um and doing things and contemplating your navel or something like that. But meditating, that's just me. Um, meditating is something that is constant throughout Scripture, In Psalm 19, verse 14, it says, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing to your sight, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Psalm 119, 15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. In Psalm 104, verse 34, it says, May the meditation, my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. And so the idea of meditation isn't unusual or foreign it is scriptural and so what is it why did they have to go somewhere to hear or inquire or to meditate it's interesting how our minds work there's a a doctor daniel amen and he has a talk, a TED talk. If you haven't heard of TED, it stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And they have these speakers from a variety of fields that will come and 
talk about scientific things, biological things, entertainment things, and it's just these brilliant people come and give speeches. And they're usually like 10 minutes long or so. They're very short, but they're very powerful. And Dr. Amen does this thing called brain spec analysis. And he talks about how in the psychiatric field, that so much of the work is guesswork. They ask the patient, well, how do you feel? Well, I feel depressed. Okay, you're suffering from depression. And so they'll prescribe a certain medicine to help deal with the serotonin levels and help them in that area. But, you know, the idea of how do you feel? Well, I feel tired. I I feel depressed. That could be a number of things. That might be a physical ailment. It might be due to something that's happened. It, It could be a number of things. And so they're trying to find out. And what Dr. Amen does is he actually injects the body with fluid and then does a brain scan. And what he does is find out where the activity is in the brain. And a friend of mine did this recently, went down there and spoke to them because he's having issues where he would black out for periods of time and not remember hours. And he'd be out and about and come home and he'd have things in his car and he's like, where is this from? Have bruises on his body. What happened here? What's going on? And so he started freaking out. What's going on? And so he went to the doctor and what they did is after they injected him, they had him do a test where he has to sit there and, and read just these questions and kind of focus. And as he's focusing, what happens is the analysis sees a part of his brain that's working. And it diagnoses, okay, this is the part and it's the frontal lobe. And that's what's taking place is you're doing deeper thoughts when you're trying to do mathematical things and you're trying to put things comprehensively together. It's a certain part of your brain that's used. And then they analyze his brain when he's just sitting there relaxing, not doing anything, not thinking, and his brain was going crazy. They had all these things that show up through the analysis where the brain activity is going and they're saying, okay, this is an issue because what's happening is your brain is not shutting down. It's just going in circles and circles and circles. And so they're able to tell by this brain scan What's going on or what's taking place? Is it just that he's, you know, depressed? Is it a certain part of his brain that's working? Is there a brain injury? And they found that there are certain areas where he's been hit in the head, suffered concussion, where he's suffering some brain injuries. So they have to deal with that one way. And then they have to deal with this activity or overactivity another way. And they're going to give him exercises so that he can help focus and control some of the things that he's going through. And you see, we think about a million things all the time. We don't even realize how much input is coming in because we filter it. We have to. If you are aware of all the senses that you are seeing, hearing, smelling, feeling, You'd start to say, okay, it got cold in here. It was hot a little bit ago, but now it's cold. Oh, the lights are kind of glaring over here. I'm hearing an echo from the sound from the back of the stage. I'm watching the video that's there. Oh, I'm hearing someone shuffle something. They're opening their Bible or something. Someone moved. All these things are going, she's laughing. She's not laughing. (laughs) He's asleep. Um, All these things are taking place all at the same time. But you have to filter out which ones are important. You have to put aside all those distractions. 
and focus on me, <laughs> what I'm saying. So when you're driving and you're listening to your favorite song on the radio, and you're cruising and you're singing along that song, you can't give 100% attention to that song, no matter who it is. Because you would miss what's happening around you. So you have to be aware how fast you're going, the brake lights that are there, the car that's on the side of the road, the tire that's got flattened and sitting on the road still. All those things are coming into your mind. And if you're unable to stop the input, you would go crazy. Your brain tells you what you need to remember. Have you ever been hit in the head by a ball? You know, someone passes a basketball to you and all of a sudden, bam, hits you in the head. And it's like, came out of nowhere. Well, what was going on? Well, your mind was processing all these other things and it had a little failure. You know, it it was thinking, okay, yeah, nice tennis shoes. Okay, he's running. I'm going to go for it. And all of a sudden it said, ball, boom, and it was too late. (laughs) Or your brain was supposed to tell you ball is more important than this. And so our brains are constantly active. And a lot of those things that are taking place keep us from hearing what God would say. I want you to turn with me to a passage in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're only going to look at a couple of verses Let's start at verse 11. And let me give you a little history. Elijah, a man of God, a prophet of God, is running for his life. He, he's in fear. He, he, it's amazing because he, he just defeated the prophets of Baal and fire came down from heaven and devoured a sacrifice. It was kind of a... a you know, a God-off. I don't know what you'd call it. You know, it's kind of not like a dance-off. It's like, okay, your God against my God. Whichever God brings fire down from heaven, that's the God. And, and of course, Elijah's God wins. And so there's this amazing victory. But then this woman, Jezebel, says, I'm going to kill him. And he runs for his life. He just killed a hundred prophets of Baal. But this one woman comes up and says, I'm going to kill you. And he runs. Just women... Letting you know the power you wield, okay? And so he's running for his life. And in verse 11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He's running, he's exhausted. In fact, God feeds him. There's something for him to drink and eat because you're going to need your strength. And finally, God says, I want you to go by the mountain. The presence of the Lord is going to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Another translation says, a still, small voice. In some translations, they actually say, and then in the silence. Maybe the reason we are not hearing from God is because there is 
no silence. Our brains are too active. We're thinking about so many things. We're wanting to figure everything out. We're wanting to know all that's going on. And so we are constantly distracted by all these things that are taking place. And maybe what we really need to do is to be still and know that He is God, as the psalm says. Why do we have to be still? Because otherwise, we can't hear. Have you ever had those times where you're you're really distracted and any little noise bothers you? Every little thing sounds like a megaphone. There's a drip on the faucet in the sink. And it's like, boom, bombs exploding. You're trying to sleep. Got to go to sleep. Shut it up! It's so loud until you put a, a... washcloth in there because you can't fix the (laughs) and then you go back to bed and it's like okay a little piece of quiet but pretty soon it's ah just sounds different but it's still loud those little distractions just enter our mind and occupy our thoughts and so God is in that small quiet whisper but our minds are running and running and running. And we're saying, why is this happening to me, God? Why is this happening to me, God? Why is this happening to me, God? Oh, God, you should just kill me. This is terrible. I don't know what's going to happen to me. God, this is awful. How could you let this happen to me? God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? And God is saying, shh, 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 shh. I'm trying to speak. Okay, Lord, speak to me. God, I need this. God, I want to hear this. God, will you answer this? God, will you help me in this? God, God, oh God, oh God. And God, shh, I'm trying to speak to you. But we're too busy asking. We're asking, we're asking. We're wanting to know what is God saying. But we're not being quiet enough to listen to his voice. It's a huge mistake to assume that everything God has for us is accessible only through our ration or our intellect or our mind. It's foolish to think that. In fact, isn't that what Nicodemus did? How can these things be? You must be born again. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Water of life, give me this water. How can I drink this water and never thirst again? She's got it in her mind. She's thinking, but she's not hearing. Thomas, unless I see his hands and his side. I I won't believe. I can't believe. I I know what's going on. I know what's going on. And in his rational mind, he's trying to figure things out and it just doesn't make sense. And so many times we just try and rationalize, God, I want you to speak, but this is how you have to speak because this is how I see the answer. This is how I see you speaking. And we answer God for him. Any of you married? (laughs) Any of you? Have your spouse ask and answer your question? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'll just leave that alone. Where they say something, but then they answer what they assume that you're thinking and saying. They just have the conversation. Okay, I'm going to stop now. And I think we all do it. 
Because we're answering for God. God, this is my request and this is my answer. And we're trying to figure things out and we don't give room for God to speak to us. We don't give room so that He could understand what is He needs to say to us and instead we speak for Him. In Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I love this because first it starts off with this faith. I will hear from God. I will receive from God. God is going to do this. I'm confident this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So take courage and wait. What does it look like to wait? What can we do to help still our minds? What can we do to help bring quiet, to stop the voice and allow God's voice to come through? Chuck Smith Jr. suffered with incredible depression. And so he spent a lot of time research and studying and he found out why medication, certain medication can be helpful in developing just a serotonin level when it's down and how it connects. And he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And he got a lot of flack because, in, again, in Christian society, when you have depression or you have any kind of mental disorder, it's stigmatized. And if you take medicine, well, you're not trusting God. They don't say that when you have diabetes, but they say that if you're suffering from depression. And yeah, you can automatically run to medicine, but sometimes it's necessary because our bodies aren't functioning right. My friend who is suffering with the brain injuries and the blacking out, he needs medication. If he doesn't get medication, things will continue. Are we praying? Sure, we're going to pray. But his body isn't functioning right. And so Chuck, in his struggle through the depression that he was going through, started praying to God, God, I need help with this. My mind gets on this track and it won't stop. I get this thought and I'm depressed about this situation. It's like I keep boarding the same train and going in a circle and I get on again and again and I just cannot get off. And I spiral down. And so what he started doing was meditating on the Lord. He he started being aware of what was happening, stilling himself, and recognizing that he could actually focus his thoughts if he pays attention. And so he would take a deep breath and realize that breath comes from God, just as God breathed to Adam and Eve and gave them life. And the word for spirit and breath and wind are the same. It's an anal analogy of how we can understand God. And so as he would breathe, he would recognize God is here giving me his life. And as he was exhale, he'd be aware that God has given me life so that I also can give life. And it was just a way that he could focus and think about the things, whether it would be a scripture, he would inhale and he would recite a scripture as he exhales, just focusing on those things, stilling his heart, and he found that he was able to deal with his depression 
when those things came by giving his mind something to do that would be beneficial, focusing on the Lord, meditating on the Lord. I want to challenge us not to be afraid of this type of meditation. Okay, it's not transcendental, it's not mysticism, it's scriptural, focusing and meditating. What do you think it means when it says meditate on the Lord? What does that look like? Well, I'm just going to think about God. You do that anyway, right? I can do that right now while I'm talking to you. I'm thinking about the Lord. That's not meditating on the Lord. You have to still yourself. You have to be quiet and know that He is God. You have to be aware that not everything that you do is accessible just through your rational mind, that you have to be able to pause, focus, and then allow God to minister to you. So if you're reading through a scripture, you're going through a passage, can you do it meditatively? Yeah, I'm going to read the scripture. I'm just going to think on this verse. I'm going to inhale and I'm going to exhale, rehearsing this verse on my mind, just staying focused on this verse, and all of a sudden I get an impression. God speaks to my heart and says, what about this? And so you go with that little heart expression because God does still speak. Rebecca went and inquired of the Lord. Isaac went and meditated and God brought his wife to him. What if we went, go and meditate so that we too like Rebecca can hear when we ask, what is happening to me? And not just, I'll figure it out. Well, the Bible says, here's a verse, here's a verse. I want to hear from God. We do have the scripture to meditate on and the scripture to guide us, but I still need God's voice. I still need God to speak to me. I have a situation in my life, God. I don't know how to deal with it. Part of me wants to be angry. Part of me is compassionate. Part of me is depressed. How do I deal with this? So I'm going to stop. I'm going to be still. I'm not going to listen to that raging wind. I'm not going to listen to that earthquake. I'm not going to listen to that fire. I'm going to wait for God's whisper to come into my own soul so that I can hear that. See, there's a world of difference between asking, Lord, why did this have to happen to me? And asking, Lord, what is really happening here and what should I do? One is complaining and it leads nowhere. The second is inquiring of God and it brings us to Him so that He can speak to us. So all of us who raised our hands and said, there's something in my life I'm dealing with. Let me ask you, do you think God cares? If you think God cares, do you think he wants to speak to you? Why isn't he speaking? Is it him or is it us? Is it that he's so distant and he's not ministering to our hearts? Or is it that our lives are so busy and we're seeing everything that's going on? 
and we fail to see the ball that's headed right for our head. And so if we believe that he is good and that we will see the goodness of the Lord in our lives, then we need to wait. We need to pause our lives, stop the distraction, turn off the TV, turn off the radio. We need to, like Isaac and like Rebecca, go and inquire and allow God to speak to us. And I can't be quiet for a long time. I can't. I need something going on in my head. If you're like me, you'll go, okay, I'm going to just be quiet. Oh, I got to do the laundry. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm going to get a bottle of water. Oh, I forgot to check my email. It's all going on, right? I, I mean, it's not five seconds that goes on before my mind goes somewhere else. I cannot not think of something. And so what I need to do is I need to inquire of God. I need to stop. And so say I'm praying for a circumstance with my my kids. And I I want the Lord to give me wisdom. And so I, I go and I steal my heart and I say, you know, James says that if you lack wisdom to ask of the Lord, who gives wisdom. So I'm going to pause here and I'm going to Focus my thoughts and my heart and my attention on that verse. And I'm going to think, God, as I breathe in, I want you to breathe wisdom into me. And I'm going to recite this verse. And I'm asking and inquiring of you, God, to speak to me. I'm giving you this time, this attention of mine, this focus of mine. I'm going to still my heart and allow you to be God. I'm not going to listen to the distractions that are taking place. I'm going to allow you to speak to me. And if we would take that time to be silent, to focus, to meditate, then we can hear from God. Would you stand with me? Would everyone close their eyes with me as well? With our eyes closed, I just want to take a time and and recognize that this is something that we can do, that God wants us to do. And so I want all of us to take just a deep breath as we exhale. I remain confident of this. Let's inhale. Let's exhale. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Take that breath and with it we're breathing in God's words. In the land of the living, exhale, wait for the Lord. Inhale, be strong and take heart. Exhale and wait for the Lord. Father, we still our hearts and our minds. We control, Father, our lives, what we think, what we do. And Lord, we are able to still our hearts, to inhale and focus, to exhale and focus, to keep our minds centered on you, 
on your words, to acknowledge that you give us hope. And Lord, all of us who have raised our hands and have asked like Rebecca, why is this happening to me? We go and we want to take time to inquire of you, the God who speaks, but sometimes it's not in the earthquake or the fire. It's in that small whisper. And if we do not still our lives, how will we hear the still, small voice? If we will not make the changes necessary to be quiet, nothing changes if nothing changes. So may we make opportunity and time when the difficulties come, instead of panicking, instead of calling a friend, instead of running around in circles, crying, why is this happening to me, God? Why is this happening to me? May we remember there is a God who hears, who I can step out and talk to if I will make the effort. May we still our hearts before you, God, allow you to speak. And may we be a people who hears your voice in our lives. And may we be a people who, like Rebecca, have you answer our prayer and say, this is what you need to do in this situation. This is what is happening to you. May you speak to us as you did to her. Let us know that you are with us. Give us your wisdom for we lack it. And Jesus, even as you breathed on your disciples and gave them the Spirit, Lord, we pray that you would breathe on us as we take that time to hear from you. And Lord, might we understand what it means to meditate on you. May we not be afraid because of what someone has said meditation means, but may we give you this kind of attention, this kind of devotion, this time of setting aside and giving you our thoughts, our intents, our whole being, so that we can be a people who hears from God and acts accordingly. And Lord, I do pray for the needs that are here, Father, the struggles that are taking place in the hearts and in the lives, Lord. Even as we pause now, we know that you want to speak to us. Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your words that will bring us peace, will bring us guidance, will bring us hope. Lord, thank you for being a God who hears and a God who speaks. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in our needs. And may we take the time to come before you and listen. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Nick and the guys, girls are going to close in a song. May you inquire of this Lord this week. Take this week and in these areas of struggle, practice meditating on the Lord. Practice pausing, being still, reciting the scripture in those times where that becomes your focus and allow God to minister to your hearts and see what happens next week. In one week of just taking the time to do this in those areas of struggle. God bless you guys.